Greetings, game music lovers. I'm Bedroth, and you're listening to another episode of BG Mania B-Sides. This time, we're going to be checking out the beautiful and quite distinctive soundtrack to Chants of Sinar. And we're going to start things off by listening to the opening theme, Out of the Cavern and Into the Light. Before I get started, real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast you're using to listen and drop us a quick rating or review. It does help the show to grow in terms of visibility, and we really appreciate it. Remember that we're also on Patreon now as well, patreon.com forward slash RPG era. Take a look at the tiers, see what we're doing, and if you feel so inclined, drop us a couple of bucks each month. If not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload does wonders as well. And of course, special shout out to our current executive producers, Jexax and Sanku. Chance of Sinar is one of the soundtracks that I brought to the Best of 2023 episode of BG Media. It jumped out at me when I was looking for games to sort of explore for the topic of the show because it had such a distinctive title. And when I listened to it, I learned that the soundtrack was just as distinctive. Um, unique, not really a whole lot of variety in the instrumentation, but definitely in the, um, the way that those instruments are implemented. 
uh, you have a lot of sort of different approaches to, um, you know, kind of like somebody painting with just the primary colors, but able to pull a lot of different paintings out of those colors. So before I get too deep into it, I want to mention that I, I played that opening track out of the cavern and into the light just because I felt it felt most appropriate to start with the first music that you hear in the game and also the opening, the opener of the soundtrack. It also introduces the diverse and intriguing winds and strings that you'll be hearing throughout. Chance of Sinar released in 2023 on Switch PS4, Windows, and Xbox One. It was developed by Rundisk and published by Focus Entertainment. The game was designed by Julian Moya and Thomas Panuel, programmed by Thomas Panuel. The art was done, again, by Julian Moya and Rochelle Lillycat Bartel. And sorry if I already mentioned this specifically, but the game came out on September 5th of 2023, so it was there in the back half of the year. For being such a niche kind of game, uh, we'll get into the gameplay after our next track, but uh, here just for introductory purposes, for being such a niche kind of game, it um, did pretty well, made a pretty big splash. On Metacritic, the uh, PC version is currently sitting at an 85 on uh, critic reviews and an 8.4 when it comes to user reviews. When the game came out, it was nominated for several awards. Uh, the Xbox Game of the Year on the Golden at the Golden Joystick Awards, the Games for Impact Award at the Game Awards, and then Best Soundtrack on the Steam Awards. Uh, it was also nominated for the Statue of Liberty Award for Best World at the New York Game Awards, and won the Off-Broadway Award for Best Indie Game at those same awards. It is also uh, currently um, nominated for three different things at the Independent Games Festival, the Seamus McNally Grand Prize, Excellence in Visual Art, and Excellence in Design. So it's not just the music that makes this game stand out. But again, we'll talk a little more about that after we uh, get back to the subject at hand, which is the soundtrack for Chance of Sinar. Um, I'm also going to break down sort of who's who on a lot of these instruments because uh, it it really the recording quality here is just really really great and the composer uses a lot of different um, very talented people playing a few different instruments here the composer of the game is Thomas Brunet possibly Brunet B-R-U-N-E-T um, the soundtrack was recorded and mixed at a Studio du Bassin by Frederic Folquier. And I apologize if I mispronounce any of these names, but it was uh, mastered by Clement Bellio. So Thomas Brunet is the man of the hour when it comes to the soundtrack. We'll hear a little bit more from him as uh, time goes on. But for now, let's go ahead and get into our next song. Catch Me is one of only two songs I distinctly remember from playing the demo, other than uh, the opener. This lively tune accompanies a match of hide-and-seek between your character and a child who eventually gives you clandestine access to the tower that stands quite literally at the center of the game. Once again, composed by Thomas Brunette, let's listen to Catch Me. Thank you. 
On his Bandcamp, where you can currently purchase the album for about $9, Thomas Burnett says, Chance of Sinar was a turning point in my career and my life. I had the privilege of composing for this incredibly meaningful and visually stunning game, which also provided me with the opportunity to connect with a lot of talented people who contributed significantly to making this music the best it could be for an indie game with a small team. Imagining the musical expressions of fictional cultures with centuries or millennia of evolution behind them was the most fascinating challenge I could have hoped for, and I hope I was up to the task. Rundisk and Focus Entertainment have been an absolute joy to work with, and I can't emphasize enough the role world-class musicians played in getting the soundtrack to this level of quality. Here are the wonderful names to which you owe most of the solo material in this OST. Violin by Jean-Frédéric Tixier Cello by Pierre-Francois Dufour Oboe and Cor Anglais by Isabelle Despatz Flute by Sylvain Millepied Clarinets by Johan Huguenet Vocals by Carla Fernandez And a thousand thanks to my, that's Thomas's, dear friends Stephanie and Laura Perrault for their help and kindness and so much more besides. I could never have done this without you both. Very nice words from the composer and uh, nice shout outs to the instrumentalists, instrumentalists that you have been hearing on the soundtrack so far and will continue to hear as we get into the third track of the soundtrack. After that, I promise we will finally talk a little bit about the actual game. <laughs> Next up, we're going to listen to The Call. This is a glorious, soaring piece of music. I didn't hear this one in the demo, but it seems like a perfect quest starter. So I kind of picture it maybe happening once you get inside the tower and the things kind of open up for you. I love that there are some glockenspiel notes here and there to accompany the strings and woodwinds we've been listening to throughout. So let's go ahead and get into it. Once again, composed by Thomas Brunette. This is The Call.
So what is chance of Sinar? From a very bird's eye view uh, perspective, chance of Sinar is an uh, isometrically set third person adventure game where you explore um, open stages on, it's not really an open world because you do go from sort of level to level. And I don't mean level where there's like a clear transition or demarcation between them, but it's almost like a, a scene. You go between different scenes and you solve puzzles that are language-based. Um, at the beginning, you are trying to get your way, well, really you're just trying to figure out what's going on, but you're really trying to get into this tower that's uh, this huge, enormous tower that is um, definitely inspired by the Tower of Babel. And um, you have to do that by learning how to talk to the people who are outside the tower. Once again, hearkening back to the Tower of Babel, where in the uh, story from Genesis, which has a lot of uh, counterparts in other Mesopotamian literature, the gods strike down men who are trying to build a tower to heaven, and they confuse them by essentially creating language and making it so that all the humans can't talk to each other anymore. And yeah, so we get into a little bit more of the gameplay a little later on, but that is basically what we're talking about here. The demo is available. Um, I got it on, I saw it on both the Switch and on PC. I played it on the Switch and um, had some fun. My uh, Two of my kiddos watched me play it and they are 9 and 12 and still were able to follow what was going on and kind of get into it with me, so... But let's go ahead and move into our next song. This one is, well, I was going to say it's a lot of fun, but literally the title is A Bit of Fun. It's a short, fluty piece that is perfectly described by its title. It has the feel, it has the feel of a jig or a round, definitely some kind of dance. The strings and percussion that take up the tune in the second part, really with the percussion continuing throughout, amp up the fun factor and make this relatively brief tune quite memorable. So let's go ahead and get into it. This is a bit of fun. So Chance of Sinar is maybe the only game I have ever played that places language um, so much up front 
in the way that the gameplay works. The um, One of the developers of the game, Julian Moya, had played um, a game called Heaven's Vault that came out in 2019 that had a similar mechanic around language deciphering. Um, and uh, that very strongly um, influenced this. I think that Brian may have actually mentioned Heaven's Vault back when we were discussing this game at, in the, uh, the Best of 2023 episode. But um, basically... What you have to do, there, for example, is a certain um, puzzle in the early part of the game where you're trying to fill and empty these canals in order to cross them and get to this other person who you're trying to talk to. And when the other people talk to you in the game, uh, a series of symbols will pop up in a word bubble over their head. Then you'll be prompted to open a notebook and try to sort of connect each symbol with an image that denotes some sort of action or concept and really it's just a matter of decoding what symbol what what linguistic symbol matches up with what concept so that eventually you learn how to understand this language and then you'll actually um, once you know what the different symbols or words mean um the meaning becomes more clear each time you talk to, to more people. And uh, you can also learn by reading or looking at murals. Uh, this is a very archaeological game at its core as well. I'm realizing the more I describe it that it sounds really niche and really nerdy, and it definitely is. This game may not be everyone's cup of tea. But, you know, the demo is free, and you can find uh, visuals of it, or you can find videos of it online. So if it sounds at all intriguing to you, I definitely encourage you to check it out because the music has been a lot of fun so far. The game itself is um, really quite a bit of fun as well. Um, did not necessarily mean that to be a callback to that last track, but man, how fun was that? Really, like um, you can, you just kind of can't help but but move around in your seat. I wish I could talk a little more about how these tracks feature in the game, but since I have only played the demo, I can't really do that too much. But a lot of them, the title combined with the feel of the music really give you sort of an idea of what you're doing there. And this next track is is no different. This one is called Temple of Knowledge. It's a slower and more somber piece, definitely reminiscent of a library or a similar Temple of Knowledge. The strings here are less fiddle and more violin, and the slowly arpeggiated mallet percussion adds to the sense of mystery here. I feel like this is where you may be exploring, sort of getting to a different uh, cast of character, cast with an E at the end. We'll talk about the casts a little bit when we come back. But first, let's go ahead and take a listen. Once again, composed by Thomas Brunette, this is Temple of Knowledge. Thank you. 
So as you make your way through the world of Chants of Sinar, and really from almost the very beginning when you come across some murals depicting sort of the beginning of the world and how the tower was made and what happened afterward, you come across different castes of people. They're all fairly clearly defined by the shape of their headdress, um, and you actually don't have one. You just have a hood, so you don't really belong to any particular caste. Um, but first, you come across the devotees. These are people who... Um, they seek a godlike being that they believe to be at the top of the tower. Um, not going to talk that much about the influence of, or, or the, uh, I guess, the goals of each different cast, because I feel like some of that might get slightly in the spoilery territory. If you want a more thorough breakdown, you can uh, check out the relatively short Wikipedia page. Um, but one thing that, that you do encounter in the, uh, the demo is the warriors. These are a cast who have. Um, they're standing guard outside of the tower and they seem to be just working to keep the devotees out indicating that there's some sort of like um i mean there are apparently people inside the tower but uh, only certain people are allowed in it seems um, within the tower you'll come across a few other different uh, groups the bards the alchemists the Anchorites, um, a few uh, other uh, different casts that um, you have to sort of... And each one, each cast speaks its own language. So once you start learning one of the languages, you then meet another group of people and you have to start figuring out what their language is like. And um, each, uh, as I said, each cast has its own sort of core motivation that they're trying to, um, you know, to, to live out in the game. And I feel like the bards may have had a hand in a bit of fun, and uh, Temple of Knowledge may be more of like an, an alchemist type of thing. Although, uh, alchemists, being sort of proto-scientists, may also come into play when it comes to our next song, The Cogs of Science. And I don't know what it is, but I really, really love this piece. It might be my favorite one on the soundtrack. Um the quick 6-8 pace, the way the instruments build and fold in upon each other. I feel like you can listen to this one multiple times back to back and notice something new each time. The fact that the percussion sounds like ticking machinery at times really evokes the same mechanical ideas as the title. There's a curiosity to this one that I just love. Once again, let's take a listen to The Cogs of Science. Thank you. 
If the Temple of Knowledge and the Cogs of Science put me in mind of the Alchemist sect, which, granted, I don't really know a whole lot about since I didn't encounter them in the demo, the next track really makes me think of the Warriors. I, I can't think of what else you would be pursued by in a track called The Chase, but this, this track has a discordant, dangerous tune that fits perfectly with a chase sequence. It must be something pretty scary. Maybe, again, maybe it's the Warriors. I love that the low strings and winds are getting a chance to shine here. So let's go ahead and get into the chase. change gears once again we are next going to move into um, very slow and uh, kind of emotional piece this is called the smell of rain and as some of you may know the sweet earthy nostalgic smell of rain has its own term petrichor which is actually a very specific term related to rain falling on dry earth uh, petrichor is a cool little linguistic um Invention, so we're talking about a game about language. Uh, Petra, meaning rock, and then Ikor, which is literally the blood of the gods. So it's almost like the blood of the gods infusing the land with life. So, really, really kind of cool idea. Um, no idea if that has anything to do with the smell of rain here in this game, but, you know, we're talking about mythology, so maybe so. Knowing what we know of the story, this does seem to fit the general theme of awakening in a beautiful way. As you go through the game, um, I do know that not only are you learning the languages of each uh, sort of set of denizens of the tower, but as you near the end of the game, you also start to work at helping them communicate with each other. So you move from language learner to a translator, which sounds really, really cool to me. Uh, the open, resonant strings and flutes in this short tune somehow clearly evoke the same feeling as the scent of freshly fallen rain. So, once more, composed by Thomas Burnett, let's listen to Smell of Rain.
we're now going to move into our longest tracks of the show. This next one is um, more of a standard link length, I think, for a lot of modern video game music. Uh, it's um, about four minutes long, and it, it has to be one of like the end game pieces. I don't know if it's the ending or if it's like a final scene, but you can just tell by, by the sound of it that this is a meaningful, with a capital M, <laughs> piece of music. This is called Bonds Reforged. And again, since you're kind of acting as a translator later in the game, you're like the connective tissue between these different casts. Um, maybe those are the bonds that you are reforging here. The vocals come in on this piece, and even though I don't understand what the singer is saying, perhaps that's just appropriate considering the game's subject matter. Despite the language barrier, though, the emotion cuts through, and it gives this late-game song a triumphant feeling that one hopes to feel when finishing a challenging task, such as beating a game. Once more, composed by Thomas Brunette, let's take a listen to Bonds Reforged. Thank you. 
I'm afraid that is going to do it for this episode of BG Mania B-Sides. Made possible by RPGera.com. I do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. If you like video game music, and more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check out our description box for ways you can do just that, including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of the episode, we're going to listen to the longest and most complex piece. Gardens of Plenty is not the final song on the soundtrack or in the game, but I figured I'd leave you with it to give you something to really chew on and think about as you go about the rest of your day. This track is over seven minutes long, and it's got several different parts to it, and I really am intrigued to get to this point in the game because I, I have no idea, no idea what to expect here. But thank you again for listening. I, I want to give a shout out here at the end of the episode to a group that I have been meaning to uh, shout out for a while called Terra Player. Um, these guys have been putting together a list, um, not really a list, uh, a hub of sorts for podcasts, radio stations, all about video games and video game music. They fairly recently added BG Mania to their um, to their servers. Uh, there's an app you can get, the Terra Player app. You can also go to terraplayer.com and check them out. But if you love video game music, it really is um, that there's nothing else quite like it out there. So definitely check them out, and um, you know maybe that'll be your new way of listening to BG Mania. Although keep leaving his comments on Spotify. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this exploration of Chance of Sinar. We're going to kick things up a notch next time with a more upbeat soundtrack that I think is going to kind of remind you guys of the one that we listened to last week, Cassette Beasts, in a way, but, um, but in a different way. That's all I'm going to say for now, though. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on BG Mania B-Sides.